0: The second Bible reading is from Psalm 121. It can be found in your Pew Bible, 650 on page. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot sleep. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will either slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shield at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over you your life. The Lord will watch over you coming and going, both now and forevermore. This is the Lord's word. before we come to God's word this morning let's, let's pray Father in heaven we thank you that you are a God who reveals himself who has come to us through your son Jesus Christ God who communicates of your great riches, mercy grace and love we pray Lord God that you would come to us now and that you would speak through this your holy word for Christ's sake Amen well, if you could have the passage which we had read to us, second reading Psalm 121 before us, that would be useful. Just to begin with, uh, I don't watch a lot of television, and there does seem to be a, a plethora of uh, reality TV shows. And whenever I see these, I just dip in from time to time. I'm waiting for the one word. You must know what that word is. Whatever contestant, whatever they do, whether they think they can dance, they are the voice, they have the X factor, uh, that they, they are able to compete on MasterChef, uh, or My Kitchen Rules, or My House Rules, or whatever, you wait for the word journey. You know, they, they, they has, this has been a wonderful journey. This has been a great journey. I've been so happy to be on this because it's been wonderful. And it's a great journey, I think. And I get to the point of cringing every time I hear the word journey. Well, maybe it speaks about me. But the reality is that uh, we are all on a journey. Perhaps we have lost sight as generations in the past have looked at journey, the whole concept of pilgrimage, which still exists in other cultures. But for many times, until recently, life was seen as a journey. A journey to God in some way. Is that some uh, In the past, some car manufacturers have done their best to say that life has been on a journey. And that they have provided every uh, extra so that the cars could be safe as we live life, as we drive on the roads, on our own particular journeys, that we are kept safe. We want safety. Safety as we travel Safety as we journey through life and not on cars, not only in cars we want security wherever we are at uh, this week back at Scotch we had the health and safety lecture uh, again because we need to keep the boys safe we need to be safe in every regard and uh, it, it's important it stresses the fact that journeying and safety on the journey is important we want life to be as safe as possible. It's even so that we want our families to be safe. We join the gyms, we take out the insurance, we seek the best doctor's advice so that we might live our journeys without sickness and harm. We'll even go to a financial advisor so that our pensions are secure. Okay. So that we have a proper super and we want the travel to go well and yet we all have insecurities in life and we are at times where we are praying to God for God's own help and care and protection from evil and so here we come to this particular passage this morning psalm 121 where the key theme of the psalm is the lord's care and protection. The Lord who keeps, the Lord who is our helper, the one who helps the very pilgrim on life's journey. And shows his psalm will show how he provides in his goodness the protection for us all, all his children in life's journey. And in some way, this psalm is an echo of God's promise. To Jacob years before, I am with you, Jacob, and I will watch over you wherever you go. Isn't it the case that uh, we often pray for protection? Psalm 121 traditionally has been used as the, as the journey psalm. Those who have gone out on mission fields have often had Psalm 121 read to them, sung to them, uh, and we pray. Often, if we get in cars, go on journeys, we pray for God's protection, that we will not face any emergencies. But we often forget that God is not only there for special times of travel, but is there for us in every situation. He's in control not only of the tram system or the airlines, he's in control of all things at all times. God is. The one who's in control. The Lord who is the maker of heaven and earth, as we'll find out, who helps us on our journey. And if we read this Psalm, Psalm that's before us here, you'll notice certain things. You'll see the word keep, the Lord who keeps us. And it's mentioned uh, six times. He will take care of you, 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 ten times is used. He will take care of you. Hebrew poetry loves to repeat things so that the point is taken on board. The people sang these songs so that they would learn something of God's goodness for them. The Lord will do it. His name and he, the personal pronoun, he is used ten times as just emphasised where this care comes from. But what's the context of this psalm this morning. Well, strangely enough, part of the Hebrew uh, text, which never seems to get quoted as we do readings, is the actual subscription, which, if you see your Bible, says, A Song of Ascents. Psalm 121 belongs to a little passage, a little group of Psalms uh, in the Psalter that have the same title, A Song of Ascents. Where the this belief, these songs were taken by the people of God and sung as they travelled to Jerusalem for one of uh, the great festivals that the people of uh, Israel scattered throughout the land would at set times of the year gather together travel up as communities and families and they would head to Jerusalem, the capital city the place where the 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 temple was situated God's meeting place on earth the anointed place where God would reveal himself where his earthly glory uh, resided that place where indeed God's people could make sacrifice provided the way of sacrifice provided by God so that there could be atonement there would be peace there would be reconciliation and so Imagine the people of God are travelling up to Jerusalem and singing these songs of ascent. I lift up my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? And the scholars don't know exactly where about on the journey these songs were sung. They think maybe as they were approaching the holy city and seeing this marvellous temple, bearing in mind that Construction in the villages was not great; usually, mud huts and mud buildings. And here you have a stone edifice on top of a hill that may have been, you know, with marble and gleaming in the the sun. Uh, They may be an exilic psalm, where the person taken out to exile is thinking of Jerusalem in their mind's eye and and trying to remember Jerusalem and its glory. I to the hills will lift my eyes. From whence have come my aid? Or perhaps just as pilgrims reached the city and were starting to climb into the city, the people kind of question When was this sung? And oftentimes we think of hills and we get rather romantic and get kind of dewy eyed. You know, you look at mountains, you go, Wow, wow, isn't that wonderful? Aren't they great and glorious and the grandeur? of these great hills and mountains before us. And uh, you go, you trek and you go to the Himalayas and you see Everest and and the rest. And you look and you think how great God is and how mighty he is because these uh, mountains almost act like steeples on churches that lift the eyes upwards towards the heavens. But uh, probably, perhaps we should take these uh, a little bit more Real and down to earth. Think of it as a pilgrim setting out on a journey and looking at these hills and thinking, how on earth am I going to get across that? How am I going to get round it? How am I going to get over it? Because you see, these mountains weren't just glorious uh, parts of the landscape. These mountains had to be circumnavigated, had to be gone through, had to be faced up to. And so, first of all, I think this is an, uh, this. psalm uh, um, talks about the assurance of the source of our help. There is these pilgrims were setting out towards Jerusalem, encountering these mountains, and faced with the reality of, of the dangers ahead. You see, travel wasn't as safe then as it is now. These pilgrims had to cross many difficulties. There are the ravines, there are the rivers, the bridges have broken down again, they've been washed away. There's the danger of slipping and breaking a bone. There's a chance of physical injury. There are also the other dangers that lie ahead, the wild animals and the bandits that lived up there in them hills. And then there's that danger of sunstroke or physical fatigue. Or there perhaps your donkey breaks down and there's no RACV to call out. In fact, there's no mobile phones, let alone just stand-down telephones. Well, here they are on their journey. And it would have taken some time to get round all these obstacles, which were part of the travel. It would have taken an age. We watched as a family just before Christmas the film, the Nativity, and it was a pretty good film. It, it looked at uh, Mary and Joseph uh, and that the romance and the betrothal and, and the whole sort of Christmas story. And it got to that point where the census arrives, and they're told that they've got to go to the place uh, where the family comes from, and Joseph and, and Mary head off to Bethlehem. And the journey scene takes an age in the film. You know, you can virtually you can feel the heat and the dust. you're always picking the the dust out of your eyes, it just takes so long, and the donkey getting tired, and Mary getting tired, and Joseph getting tired, and blisters. And you think to yourself, you know, let's cut to the chase and get to Bethlehem. You know, let's speed it up a bit, director. Uh, But suddenly, you know, you you realise that's what it was like. It wasn't tarmac, Adam roads. It wasn't freeways, highways, Or roads at all. And it took a time to get to that particular place. Even the shortest distance would have taken time and would have been fraught with difficulty and danger. Now, we live in 21st century Melbourne and our travel hazards are a lot different today. And yet, as those pilgrims set out on their journey and they look at the hills and they say how am I going to get through that we look at our lives on a daily basis we say the same things we say the things that cause us the greatest of fear and difficulty whether physical or financial, or psychological, or spiritual, we say, how am I going to get through this particular episode of my journey here on life? And these very factors that we face, are the things that the pilgrims looked at in times of old, and their eyes go to the hills and they become so enormous, that we feel like giving up and throwing in the towel and walking away we feel that we cannot move because we cannot cope with these things in our lives our times even this week our eyes will lift up to the heavens and say God how am I going to cope with this with this person at work this person in the family The difficulties that come along. How am I going to cope? And so the psalmist says, and asks the question, where does my hope come from? Lift up your eyes, might say to us, or look to God. Don't be downcast. Look to the Lord God. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Verse 2. The maker of heaven and earth. He is the source of our help. We have to raise our eyes from the problem to look at upon God himself. And it was natural for those pilgrims to look and to expect help from God. They were going to the temple to praise God for all his goodness and provision for life itself. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth, the God of the universe. He is our personal helper. He is the one who comes to pilgrims in life to his children on the journey. From the very beginning of the scriptures, we see God, the maker of heaven and earth, coming alongside Adam and walking with him in the garden. Ah. Communing with Adam. Speaking with him. Helping him. The maker of heaven and earth. It goes into our creeds. We're going to do the Apostles' Creed very shortly. We will remember the maker of heaven and earth. Which shows the very power of God Almighty. And it's also a way of saying all the other gods of this world fail in insignificance. They are nothing in comparison to the God of all power. God who creates the heavens and the earth and therefore everything in it. It's the immensity of... Our God. And the puniness of all the other gods that we attach our lives to All the other idols that we take for ourselves. They have no power. They have no ability to create. Where does our help come from? Where does your help come from this week? going to be a case of sucking it up and carrying on in your own strength and your eyes reach heavenwards out of exasperation rather than looking to God himself our help is from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth the second text is the certainty of his help in verses 3 to 6 he will not let your food slip he who watches over you will not slumber Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Now, you may be sitting there this morning and saying to yourself, well, I don't doubt God's power. I don't doubt it. But will God's power help the little person like me? Will God help me And it's interesting in this, this psalm that the tense has changed here. It changes from the first person, I look to the hills, where comes my help? And it turns on verse 3 onwards, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber, and on and so on. It moves to the second person. He's instructing us all, as we sing this song, as we go on this journey, He's talking about us. He's talking about us as a community and as as individuals. The Lord will look after us. And he will not let your foot slip. Well, it can't be literal. Uh, The reason for that is, uh, just after the new year, just before heading off on junior camp, uh, I slipped down the stairs. Uh, and sprained my ankle Uh, and uh, the ligaments I think, the physio thinks the ligaments have gone on both sides and uh, I've been limping so obviously it doesn't mean God will not stop bad things happening to us it's not as if we can turn around and say I'm a Christian therefore I won't suffer what is it talking about here about this slipping of one's foot I think what the point that's being said here is that nothing that happens in your life or mine, however small, however idiosyncratic it might be, how trite it might appear to everybody else, whatever it is that comes across our path and our life's journey, God sees it, God knows it, and God will give us the grace to cope with it. The Lord God, the maker of heaven and earth, is not so busy as to not notice these things that happen in our lives. He is always aware. That's why he who watches over our footsteps, our life's journey, neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's not caught napping on the job as our God the contrast here with the other gods of the Old Testament, where uh, on the Mount Eli- uh, Mount Carmel, Elijah is there with the prophets of Baal who are making the biggest din imaginable, trying to get Baal to do something for them. And there's Elijah sitting at the side, you know, going, um, is, "Is he busy? Otherwise, there's Baal in the toilet. Uh, is he asleep? As if you are on voice, if you're on voicemail, our God doesn't sleep. He's never afflicted for a need to rest. He watches over us. He's watching over you. We rest in the shadow of His wings. His hand forever guides and shapes and protects us. In our life's journey. He will protect us from all things. He is a shade at our right hand. The sun will not harm you by day. Nor the moon by night. That's a Hebrew phrase. A figure of speech. Which embraces everything. Every eventuality of life. The Lord is our helper. He protects day and night 24 hours a day 7 days a week and every day of the year He protects us and perhaps actually He protects us more than we realise Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought how often it is the case that we might be spared the dangers that were headed our way he's taking care of us from all the things that happen from the possibility of sunstroke to the lunacy of the moon's rays let me illustrate that some years ago uh, we were missionaries in South Africa and uh, one of my colleagues was situated in the western Cape in the townships of Guguletu and Kailiche outside Cape Town and uh, he wasn't a fanciful man of great stories, and uh, he's a Scotsman, you see. We don't get kind of caught up with the, the hyper-spiritual or the very charismatic. But one day he went into one of the townships, and it was in the height of the Troubles, uh, and he was there for a church service, and there was a group of lads across from him that uh, starting to make their way towards... Uh, the, ministry, the missionary and um, suddenly they stopped as they came across the road and they were armed with some clubs and sticks and machetes and uh, suddenly they stopped and started to back away and my friend colleague, didn't know what was happening, he went into the church and they had the church service, he got into his vehicle at the end and went home about a week or so later, he was back at the same congregation where one young lad came to him. And uh, this young lad he'd never met before said, came to the missionary and said, Where's the man dressed in white with a sword? What white man? What guy? What, what man with a sword? We were coming to attack you when we saw a man dressed in white and gleaming with a sword. Where is he? And the only explanation my colleague could think was there was some kind of angel stepping away. How many times has God kept us and we've never known it? Because the Lord keeps us day and night. He's not asleep. He looks after us. And that help is limitless. The Lord, verses 7 and 8, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Last time I preached here, I preached on what can separate us from the love of God in Christ. And the answer is nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that's the same here with the Psalms. What can he stop? What, what can he do to, He can do all things. Nothing will stop his love for us or his protection. If we open our eyes, we will see it sometime. Derek Kidner, the commentator, writes about verse 8. It says, The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. And Kidner says, It would be hard to decide which half of verse 8 is more encouraging. The fact that it, that's God's, help and watching starts from now or that it runs on not to the end of time but without end the Lord is looking after us it doesn't start sometime in the future, it starts now, already started and it will continue forever and ever and ever we will watch out over our coming and our going. Another Hebrew phrase that expresses the very every circumstance of life. Every time we leave the house, every trip backwards and forwards, our comings and our goings. Everything that happens, the Lord is our keeper, our helper, our shade. And we can cast our cares upon him for all time cast everything upon the Lord. It used to be, in the, in the Melbourne you have, it's unusual, you have these machines that come to collect your, your rubbish. And they come and these, this machine comes, these arms come out of the machine, pick up the, the rubbish bin, wheelie bin, and lift them up and throw them in. In South Africa, everything's put in a pla- plastic bag and eventually they're taken by th- these men uh, who are the they work for the council and they throw them into the back of a lorry. A huge big lorry on the side of it. And they throw these big huge bags up into the truck. And we are invited to throw all the cares and burdens of our lives upon the Lord himself. Cast them up to him. All the fears, all the anxieties of our journey in life are to be cast in him. Because he can be trusted. You see, he sends his son, Jesus Christ, into this world. Very God of very God, very man of very man. He comes flesh for us. He is God, Emmanuel, God with us, literally. He comes, born of the Virgin Mary. He comes, he grows up and he travels to Jerusalem. He goes up in all the caravans to worship the Lord to walk along the temple to hear God's words. He is the one who eventually will go to Jerusalem and he will go there and he will carry for our cares for our sins all the things that take us away from God he takes all our sin and dies in our place and rises from the dead so that it is true I will never leave you nor forsake you the Lord is our keeper where does our help come from our help comes from the Lord Jesus Christ who has defeated even death itself he provides the security on life's journey and the assurance that there is a place for us if we trust in him in heaven above a place that he prepares for his people as our trust in him this morning and as we gather round this table we think of the one made flesh, one who became flesh for our sake who became sin for our sake We took our place so that we might know his love and forgiveness so why stop with our sins casting on Lord but let us trust him with our fears and anxieties too let's pray Father God, we acknowledge your goodness and your mercy to us in Christ Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you would be with us in our journey this week and in the weeks and months ahead. That our trust would be in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the Lord who has provided so great salvation for us. Cleanse us and keep us, we ask. Forgive us when we have doubted your goodness or your sufficiency of your grace. And bless us in our life's journey. May we walk trusting in you. Looking to glorify your name in everything. Amen.